Si tienes cualquier duda o sugerencia sobre el show, por favor mándanos un email por questions arroba no te rindas podcast punto us. Welcome to Listen, Smile, y No Te Rindas, a podcast for students of English who are hispanohablantes who want to hear real conversational English. I'm Greg Goyo, here with my brother Gabe, or Gabriel. Hey, Greg. Morning. Good morning. Our dad was Mexicano, but we didn't hear Spanish much at home, so we've studied Spanish as a second language. We're glad you're with us today as we help you improve your conversational English. Gabe, what's happening in your world today? Well, I have to go to the grocery store. Today is Sunday, and I always go to the grocery stores on Sunday mornings. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, today I want to get the stuff to make uh, an enchilada casserole uh, that I have made several times, and it's something that I can, uh, if I work hard today and make a big casserole, um, I can eat on it uh, for several days during the week, which is really nice. And it just gets yummier every day. It's one of those foods that gets better tasting as time goes on. Oh, yes. I love like uh, pizza the next day. That's something that I can understand for sure. What's our topic today? Today, we're going to talk about some childhood memories uh, that I have of having fun in the summertime uh, with you and because of you. Just for our listeners may not know, uh, Greg is six years older than I am, and it was just really great being your little brother, your hermano menor, Greg, because you always, mm -hmm. uh, when you were a, a young man and a teenager especially, uh, you thought up fun things for us to do together, uh, and I have a lot of memories of that. Well, I'm so glad because to me, you were just a real pain in the neck. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Es broma. Es broma. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go over some initial questions or themes. Uh, these are vocabulary words that uh, you're going to hear during the broadcast that uh, may be a little more obscure than some of the other words we say. So we like to define up to four words every broadcast so that um, you can listen for them in English and know what they are in Spanish. First one is backyard which is el patio, uh, el patio trasero, el patio de fondo. Uh, tadpole, uh, tadpole is a frog baby, right? The, the thing with the tail, or el renacuajo. Uh, when you talk about tadpoles, at least where we grew up, you have to also talk about creeks. El arroyo is a creek. And in this story, we're going to hear about dirt piles, which uh, is... Pretty much like it sounds, una pila de tierra. Right. The dirt, the dirt pile is a key player in this story. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just thinking back, uh, Greg, there was this big creek, un arroyo, um, that ran through the town that we grew up in. One summer, uh, when I was about eight, and Greg, you must have been about 14, Um, Greg decided to do something that really excited me. You remember that dad had this big, uh, dirt pile, this pila de tierra in our backyard, una pila de tierra en el patio trasero. Um, and I, I remember it being there for, for most of our childhood. Do you, do you remember that? And do you remember why dad got that dirt pile? 
Yeah, I think that um, the dirt pile was created as part of the excavation of the swimming pool. So when the swimming pool, we had an above ground pool, Sobre Tierra, um, and the, you know, the, the people who put it in had to dig up a bunch of dirt uh, to make it flat or whatever. And so the dirt was deposited in this one place and it stayed there even after uh, the swimming pool was taken out because uh, we ultimately got rid of the swimming pool, had it removed, and uh, the dirt pile stayed, which was magnificent. It was so much fun. <laughs> I, I mean, I just have so many memories of it. So anyway, this one summer when I was about eight, um, we took a walk to the creek, El, El Arroyo, and we discovered that there were hundreds of little black tadpoles, renacuajos negros pequeños, pequeñitos, in this one area of the creek. And I don't have clear memories of this part. Um, somehow you had an idea about these tadpoles, these renacuajos, and the dirt pile, the pila de tierra. Do you remember what your idea was? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back. I really, as, as a child, I guess I would have thought, Hey, we could put some water in a hole that we dig in the dirt pile and put the tadpoles in that hole. Maybe I understood that the water was going to disappear because it would get soaked in, right? Absorbed into the dirt pile and we would have to add water or maybe I didn't, but I would never do that now. You know, I would be like, uh, you need a glass jar or you need a bucket or something, uh, because we don't want them to die. Right. So somehow you dug out a huge hole uh, in this dirt pile. And I'm I'm sure I helped you because I'm sure as soon as you told me what you wanted to do, I was all about it. And, um, <laughs> you were in favor of it. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, the you know, I, again, it's fuzzy, but it, it must have been about three feet wide, the hole. And, you know, it was probably at least that deep. And I don't remember how we got water into it did you just use the the garden hose the manguera yeah i think that's that's also a memory i have that we would just that you know the hose ran throughout the backyard uh so yeah we probably didn't like try to use rainwater or something we probably just filled it up with the, the hose I, I can't imagine that was good for the tadpoles <laughs> but we didn't know i guess so, but wait we'll we'll find out at the end of the story <laughs> right right we'll figure it in this out um so after you dug out the hole in the dirt and you put all the water in the hole you or or we both uh went and got a bunch of tadpoles renacuajos and put those tadpoles in that water in the now let, let's pause here for just a second and and imagine what that was like because the creek was three blocks four blocks away and to find the tadpoles you know we would have to go upstream downstream in the arroyo so this is a pretty serious commitment for two children um required some planning right so we must have gotten a big jar and then you know walked uh all the way to the creek uh, found them housed them in the in the jar and uh, and then brought them back some early project management on our part right so we yeah we must have put them like in a in maybe a bucket on a cubeta and i don't remember us having a net um so they must have been fairly easy to to catch to capture but somehow we got them back to our backyard 
from the creek, from the arroyo, and we we added them to the water and they swam to the bottom. And I remember the water was muddy. I would I would go out and look at those tadpoles every day and check on them. And even though the water was uh, was muddy, it was not not clear, perfectly clear water. I could still see a few of the tadpoles uh, when I'd check because we'd just gotten so many. I mean, I think you must have got over a hundred tadpoles. And um, I remember we would add water to the hole with the garden hose, with the manguera, uh, when the water level would go down. And um, <laughs> thank goodness. Right. You know, and I think, Greg, you were already mowing yards. Um, you were already uh, cortando el pasto uh, a lot. And so I think you were already even at 14 working a lot during the day, like you would be gone. And I was eight. So <laughs> I was too little to, to help. So I would stay home and play by myself. And I spent a lot of time um, back there in the backyard, the patio trasero. Yeah, um, I definitely had a, a bigger lawn business by that age because I had started it um, maybe fifth grade, sixth grade. Uh, sorry, um, when I was 11 or 12 years old. And so, yeah, by 14, I had, you know, an established uh, list of customers. So I would imagine that I was gone quite a bit. Yeah. So you were you were already making some money uh, doing that, which I remember thinking was just magical because, you you know, you always had a little bit of money. Um, <laughs> let's so. let's let's pause for just a moment here and talk about how Gabriel is describing uh, what what happened. Notice that when he says that something uh, occurred, that there tends to be like an ED on the end of that of that action. So, you know, we could say things like he mowed uh, grass uh, that day or I played by myself when you were gone. And you know, those, as we say, are preterite examples of verbs. And so those are things that um, he's saying that uh, that advance the story, right? That change the action of the story. And another thing that I notice in what Gabe's saying is he's using the words could and would a great deal. And this is very problematic um, between English and Spanish because they have multiple uses, right? So when he says, for example, let me find it. Like we would add water with the garden hose. Right. We would add water with the garden hose as an example. That sounds like the same would that you would use, for example, if you say, um, I would be uh, very happy if I were to win the lottery, right? It's, it's the same word would, but in this case, mm -hmm. it's being used in the past for an entirely different reason. And then we also have the word could, which in English is used for courtesy, like, uh, could you help me? Um, could you stop what you're doing and take a moment to uh, help me change this tire? But in this case, he's saying, I could still see a few of them Meaning the the Renacuajos, that could is is about the past, which is kind of strange, right? I could still see a few of the Renacuajos, the tadpoles, uh, in the in the water. Not not conditional, right? Uh, that is a past tense use of the word could that you should listen for as an English learner. Okay, Gabe, thanks yeah. for letting me interrupt. No, that's a that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. We we would add water or I, I would add water with the garden hose, um, would be like, um, 
añadía right agua um, mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i i was adding um so you were making money you were gone during the day and i was staying home <laughs> having fun by myself in the backyard and checking on the tadpoles um check looking at them every day to see how they were doing so the tadpoles of course started to change they started to grow up into frogs and so first uh i started to notice that some of the tad tadpoles the renacuajos had little tiny legs little piernitas on either side of their tails their colas um, if I may interrupt you here, we have this interesting issue in English that we have the word legs. And so the word piernas or piernitas, as he's using it, is a, a difference that we have with English. I would call those uh, patas or patitas because they're animal legs. Right. Um, if, if it was maybe a character in a story uh, that was personified, maybe you would say piernas because it would be more human-like. But uh, I would say patitas, they're patas. Right, they're, because they're animal legs. So they had these tiny little patitas on either side of their tails. And, you know, I remember one day after we had had them in there for two or three weeks, I went out and checked on the tadpoles and there were several tiny frogs, ranitas, on the edge of the water hole. And these frogs were like <clears throat> the size of a bean, like el tamaño de un frijol. And it was just magical. Absolutely. Um, I remember, you know, capturing one because they were tiny and uh, and putting it in a jar and letting you see it when you got home from work, from mowing. Uh, and I just remember we were amazed that they were like this tiny little perfect version of a frog, you know, the size of a bean. So, and, you know, I guess then they all hopped away and made more little tadpoles because at some point I went and checked and there were no frogs and no tadpoles in the water. Oh, wow. I didn't know about that. I had forgotten about that. And it's necessary that we say here, in case you've thought of it as a listener, we had frogs and toads in our backyard. Well, I'd say toads probably more than frogs. Anyway, like we didn't um, kidnap these, um, these tadpoles from their home and then put them in our backyard where they died of uh, you know, the sun and the heat. They, there was enough water and um, and resources for the the sapos to uh, to live even without our project. So, um, you know, we don't want to get any hate mail saying you cruel, cruel sons who killed those those tadpoles uh, when they became toads by neglect. That's right. They probably um, were sapos and not ranas. Now that I think about it, because. We yeah we didn't have a lot of green population. yeah yeah I don't I don't remember green frogs in South Mississippi where we grew up uh, I mostly just remember sapos yeah my memory of the little frogs was that they were brown they were el, el café or pardo um, yeah so it was so much fun getting to watch them grow and change you know and we were I, we were I, like little parents we were like little right. parents who had birthed. <laughs> these, um, these sapitos. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, that, that dirt pile had 
had so much reuse, right? We used it for other things. Uh, my favorite memory personally of the uh, dirt pile was uh, excavating, digging out a, a square, a cube shape and um, putting army men in the hole uh, and saying that it was a prison like Alcatraz uh, off of San Francisco. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they would, they would, they would execute an escape, right? They would have a plan to, to, to kill the guards and there would only be one helicopter and I had a toy helicopter. And so the helicopter would land and the guards would get, uh, overtaken, uh, by the, by the prisoners. And then with a string, right, they would hang from the helicopter and escape. That was, uh, that was a scenario that I played over and over in that dirt pile. So army men are like soldados de plástico, juguetes de, de yeah, plástico. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, and arm, army men were great because, first of all, they were really cheap. Um, and our dad was very, well, we would say in English, he was chintzy. He was, uh, or yeah, we might era tacaño, era tacaño, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so if if we asked for uh, something that cost less than a dollar, uh, we were likely to get it. So you could get this bag of, you know, a, a dozen or 12 uh, soldados de plástico of 12 army men. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you, the, the fun that we had with, with those guys, uh, those little toys. I also remember, <laughs> I remember that the dirt would form these little like rocks, little rocas, uh, made of, of dirt or mud. And I remember you were older than me and you had a higher pain tolerance, but you would do oh, this. You would do, this I don't like this story. <laughs> you would do this amazing thing where you would throw, the rock, the ro roquita of, of mud or, or dirt up in the air and you would punch it with your fist like you were Superman. <laughs> oh, thank the, goodness. Uh, I rock. thought you were going to say I threw the rocks at you. I, I no, was about to no. apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, you would punch them and break them into a million pieces like they were, like you were Superman punching an asteroid. Yes. Uh, or a, I remember a, that. A big boulder. Um, <laughs> and I would try to do it and it hurt and I couldn't do it. Um, so I, I just remember thinking that was really impressive that you could, so, you could be Superman and break those. those yeah. Well, Yentes, you need to, you need to know that um, <laughs> Gabe has gone on to accomplish great things with his fists. He, um, you know, he studied martial arts and I've just gotten, you know, fat and like pizza. So he's, uh, he's definitely received the inspiration from my Superman asteroid days and gone with it. He's, he's taken it to another level and uh, is a much better, defender of his family than I, than I will ever be. <laughs> well, thank you for telling that story. That was a lot of fun to, to remember. Um, what would be some words that you would want uh, the listeners to, to hear again uh, from this broadcast, Gabe? Well, the, one of the things that is a big thing in the United States is people spend a lot of time in their backyard. In England, uh, they, the English speakers in England or, or countries with, with, in, with the English of England tend to call their backyards their gardens. Yes. Um, but we, we call it a backyard, el, el patio trasero. So obviously that's one. The other thing is uh, the, the word creek is used very commonly because they're all over the part of the United States that we live in. And creeks are more common. Uh, arroyos are more common than rivers, you know, rios or lakes, mm -hmm. lagos. Yeah. 
And yeah. um, el arroyo is a is a great word uh, because we I still uh, live near a creek and have fun at that creek with my own children. Yeah, and I think about um, how the word backyard. One of the f- the cool things about this show is that we hear from people from all over the world and. You know, I had a friend from from Spain one time, for example, tell me something about a food that we were talking about and how, you know, she had no experience with that food at all. And I have been to Spain enough to know that most people uh, live in apartments, uh, in blocks of homes. In Mexico, se dice departamentos. And so I would just say that the idea of having a backyard, if you're listening from certain parts of the Spanish-speaking world, you don't know what that is. Our family in Mexico has um, backyards almost entirely. All of them have one, although you can't play in them. They're a little smaller. So when we talk about playing in a backyard, it's big enough uh, and spread out enough that you could play basketball, you could play soccer, and certainly you could, um, you know, you could run around with frogs uh, jumping around in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a big backyard, and it did had a basketball goal. And I remember us playing football um, and football americano. Uh, American football, uh, throwing the football there. In fact, I'm pretty sure I remember you. We remember we, because dad was cheap, was, uh, was chintzy. He would always, he would never buy us real footballs. Um, so he would get ones made of plastic, you know, the, like the, the cheap. Oh yeah. God. And they hurt. I remember you, you would throw it and I would be afraid because one time it hit me in the nose and, uh, and I cried. (laughs) Uh, So you would always be like, it's not going to hurt you. Yes, it is. Yeah. (laughs) It is going to hurt you. (laughs) I want to thank our patrons, uh, for this week who are, uh, social Renata. E. Gilberto, if you want to check out our Patreon page and think about becoming a supporter, we have different levels of membership to our podcast that give you different benefits. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash no te rindas podcast. Right. And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our podcast's website, no te rindas podcast punto us. Well, good luck getting your enchiladas today. I hope that they're big and delicious, but also free of fat and calories so that uh, you don't feel guilty for eating them. But I suspect that that you can't have all of that, Gabe. If you, you're either going to have delicious enchiladas that fill you up for several days or you're going to be skinny. So good luck with that. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I hope you have a great week. Uh, thanks for listening to the story. And thank you, especially for getting the idea of digging the hole in the dirt pile. That is a memory oh, yeah. I will always cherish. So guys, thank you for listening. Just remember that um, learning a second language is a slow uh, process and it's a, it's a piecemeal process. It's sometimes they say two steps forward, one step back. Guys, no te rindas. No te rindas. Ciao, Gabe. All right, Greg, I love you. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.